Episode of Mormon Discussion. I am your host, Bill Real. I'm grateful to have you with us today. In today's episode, I want to reach out to the hierarchy of the church. I do this in love, in respect, in admiration, in appreciation. I know there are folks who listen to this podcast who have the ability uh, to pass these messages up higher. And so I, I simply want to reach out and hope that somebody. Somebody might listen and understand where I'm coming from because I think the things that I'm thinking about, the things that I'm wondering about, the things I'm feeling are things that members who have gone through a crisis of faith feel as well. And I don't do this with any kind of demanding change or any kind of wanting to force anything. I simply want to make known some of my thoughts, thoughts that I think many who are struggling right now hold and see if there's something that could be done to address these. I am not making a list or signing a petition, and at the end of the day, you're welcome, whoever you are, you're welcome to ignore this, but I hope that you at least might better understand. I I think there's value in members of the church at least making known how they feel and what their needs are so that leaders can be aware and can address those. I remember serving as a bishop, and until someone came to me and said, Bishop, I've got this issue or this thought or this process that I'm working through or this struggle I have, it wasn't until I knew those things that I could reach out and address them most of the time. And so I want to start talking about some of the positive. First, let's emphasize some of the wonderful things that you guys uh, have done. And when I say you guys, I mean it with the utmost respect. The First Presidency the Quorum of the Twelve, those in charge of curriculum and church history, those who have a responsibility to put things out that speak to the everyday, regular member of the church. And so first, I want to begin with the youth curriculum, the new Come, Follow Me curriculum, which has been in place for a year. Thank you. That has been such a blessing in many ways. It has given a whole lot more flexibility And I think centered us more on the actual gospel and doctrine of Christ rather than having to focus on all the side things and tangents. And now we recognize that when these tangents come in, it's an individual teacher who's bringing them in rather than the church as a whole through its curriculum. The Joseph Smith Papers, thank you. The Joseph Smith Papers are amazing. It is this opportunity to share essentially all the historical documents and information we have with Joseph Smith in the early church history. These uh, these papers have been such a blessing to those who are struggling to, to recognize that. I think this was the very first effort where the church is acknowledging some of its struggles, its trials, its problems and putting it out there for everyone to read and to understand. Next, I want to talk about some of the talks that have been given in conference. I want to specifically mention Elder Uchtdorf and Elder Holland. Elder Uchtdorf, the talk you gave in the last conference, where you just flat out admitted that there are times where we've made mistakes, and that some of those mistakes may have violated uh, culture and value and, and our doctrine. I appreciate that. It means a lot to people like me for a leader to say that, and to say it as bluntly as you did. 
Elder Holland, in your talk in General Conference, you spoke about depression. And you talked about a president of the church, George Albert Smith, having depression. I can only imagine the burden that lifted off the shoulders of those who struggle to know that a prophet of the Lord, one who is called and authorized to lead the church, can struggle with such things. Thank you. I also want to say thank you to Elder Christofferson and Elder Anderson when you in recent conferences talked about the definition of doctrine and allowed those things set off in one corner to be set aside and to not be binding on the members of the church. I'm sure there's others, but I want to express gratitude to you for specifically for the talks that you've given. I also want to recognize that I'm not just limiting it to the four talks I've mentioned, but if we go back over the last few years and read the talks given by Elder Holland and Elder Uchtdorf and others that specifically are trying to give room uh, for us to be able to have some space where we can work things out. Elder Holland, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Lord, I believe, and appreciate you making doubt not some evil thing that should be looked down upon, although we should indeed doubt our doubts and lead with faith. I appreciate the opportunity for you to have spoken on the idea that belief in and of itself is a good thing. It's a great place to start, and sometimes... And I, and I must say, just from personal experience, sometimes we ought to recognize, too, that, that our belief may have started out as knowledge, but it may take a step back again into belief. And that, in and of itself, shouldn't be frowned upon and looked at as apostasy. The recent articles that the church has put out on LDS.org, I am grateful for them, as now it gives me a place when I state an idea or a fact or a point and if I'm challenged on it by the members of the church who aren't aware of these things, there's a place I can point them towards so that I'm not just some stranger who most believe has a foot in Babylon. I'm grateful for those articles and grateful for what they do. I also want to express gratitude for Mar- Marlon K. Jensen. Elder Jensen has been a huge resource for those who struggle. And I just want to say firsthand, having spoken to Elder Jensen, Elder Jensen, if you happen to catch wind of this uh, this podcast, this tiny little podcast off in the middle of nowhere. I just want you to know I love you and appreciate you and I'm grateful for, for you and all that you've done. I also now want to spend some time just talking about some of the things that I think we can do better at. And these are just my two cents, although I think many would agree. And if there's any room to address these or to push these along or to help put these out in the limelight so that others can can feel the comfort from them, I would welcome that with open arms. Number one, I think the doctrine is flexible. By that, I mean that in most doctrines, it is not as spelled out as most members think. Whether we are talking tithing, whether we are talking Sabbath day observance, whether we are talking ways in which to be obedient, I don't think it's as spelled out as many in the church proclaim it to be. I'm hopeful that in upcoming conferences and other ways in which we we instruct our members, I plead with you that you might teach that flexible way, that you might give people room to be guided by the Spirit and to make their own decisions. I think that we've got to be more vocal with issues like homosexuality. And by that I mean this, there are still members in my ward who think absolutely same-sex attraction is a choice, and not only that, it is a sin. Help us to understand that. Help all of us to catch up to where the church is. To do so, we have to speak out loud, and we have to be vocal. And I would be grateful and appreciative of any effort to do that. We have to do more to correct the false assumptions that are brought on by those speculating. The church 
has doctrine, and we claim that that doctrine is based on truth revealed from God. But in reality, that's not always the case. We get off base a lot. And in many ways, we take the beauty of the pure doctrine that the Savior has given us, and we create lots of tangents and offshoots, which seem to fall short of that pure doctrine. I simply would ask and hope that you would reach out to us and help us better correct false assumptions we make in the gospel. These false assumptions, which seem to be set up by a chunk of church membership, create a rigidity gospel, a rigid framework, a a box of Mormonism that people like me simply can't live within. We become uncomfortable, we gain frustration, we have anxiety, and in this rigid Mormonism, we simply can't breathe. We ask for more room. Recognizing by what some of the leaders have said in defining doctrine, recognizing President Uchtdorf acknowledging that we have made mistakes and some that may have violated our doctrine, we need more help understanding where doctrine has been overstated by leaders. And we need help kind of reining that back in so that we might have the room we need to be able to lean on the Spirit rather than having every line drawn out in the sand. That would be appreciated. I recognize that we sprinkle it in, but the struggle here is that if we if we only sprinkle it, people will hold on to the old message, and they will be way too slow to grab the new. Meanwhile, people like me are suffocating, and they're leaving. Help us better understand the difference of the spectrum that exists between blind obedience and rebellion. Those are the two extremes. Neither of those are good. Help us understand how we can disagree, how we can dissent, how we can lean on the Spirit to come to our own conclusions, but at the same time to sustain you as prophets, seers, and revelators, to not speak evil of the Lord's anointed, or to not be critical in such a way that tears others' faith down, but yet also not get the message day in and day out that we must follow everything. Give us that room that is there in the gospel. Teach us where the lines are, but help us, those of us struggling, Realize what is too far, but also help the other members of the church know what is not far enough. Help us understand if we can dissent. Help us know if we're allowed to disagree. How vocal can we be in, 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 in such an example of disagreement? Can we object to non-doctrinal lines drawn in the sand by leaders in areas such as evolution, the age of the earth, interpreting tithing only as gross, or side tangents of the word of wisdom? Also, we need an adult curriculum that matches the youth curriculum. We need room where the manual gives us the basic truths of the gospel, and then we as leaders can go off and lean on the Holy Ghost to create and teach lessons. We need a curriculum like the youth have. Also, can we allow room in this curriculum for the tough issues to at least be briefly mentioned? So that when I say that Joseph used a seer stone for translation, I don't have members come up to me afterward and accuse me of being an apostate or an apostasy. If I give a talk on people outside the church being given truth and being called and authorized of God to deliver moral truth to those they have influence on, to not be accused of being astray. Can you guys give us that flexibility to be able to sprinkle in these tough issues? Can you help us understand that while this is the true and living church, that this isn't the only mode that God is using to help his children get back to him? That as Orson F. Whitney said, we are only one little small piece, that this work is way too arduous for one people. Help us see that this this world is so much bigger and more beautiful than we as Latter-day Saints who, who only see us as the true and living church 
and fail to realize the beauty that is outside of that statement. Help us understand that our loved ones who are struggling with their faith, help us understand that when we encounter someone who's in that struggle, that we don't marginalize them, isolate them, ostracize them, that we open up our minds to the way in which they frame things. It it feels frustrating because you have people who make up a large chunk of church membership who look at people like me and simply want me to be quiet to try to get back to holding an old view that no longer works or fits. And when I resist that, then all of a sudden people frown upon me and others. They look up down upon us and see us as less than. Help the church to fix these things. And then we'll have a place of beauty where people on both extremes can enjoy the fruits of the Spirit, can enjoy the blessings of the gospel, and can feel accepted and loved and appreciated. Elder Jensen said that the apostasy that is now occurring is as big as what the church has seen since Kirtland. Again, I appreciate all the many ways in which you're addressing it, and I realize you've done more in the last five years than has been done in the last 50. Thank you. Thank you. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you. But with that, we also need more. While it is easier to breathe today, many of us are still suffocating. We plead for your help. We sustain you as prophets, seers, and revelators. God bless you, and thank you so much for serving us with all your heart, mind, and soul. May the Lord warm your shoulder. Amen. Taking out my issues never healed the 